Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 21st. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I am doing good. I mean, what a what a tournament. Fantastic championship. Good weekend. Great September U.S. Open. You know, under odd circumstances, probably didn't know that we'd ever have, might not even have one this year. So I'm grateful that we had one at all. I'm grateful that we had it at Wingfoot. I'm grateful that we had it, uh, the privilege, or I don't know, the privilege, a unique um, experience of watching one in September is what I would say. So I'm glad we got it off and got it, you know, done. And I definitely say best player won. Yeah. Yeah. The thick boy, the chocolate milk man. He is celebrating right now. Will Knights has given us the content as we're recording. He has, he sat down now with a champagne, not with a Ricky's Corona premiere, not with, you know, a glass of Smith Devereaux. It's with the tried and true, the thing that got him there from the beginning. What he was chugging as a six-year-old doing algebra problems, apparently, to uh, today. Chocolate milk. Surest bet of the day. Uh, but he was the best player. Absolutely the best player. Wasn't close. The strokes gained bore that out. The scoreboard bore that out. Like, um, everything about it, the, the strokes gained, you know, metrics broken down. You know, the subcategories bore that out. Uh, he was the best player on a course that uh, is a... You know, tried and true USGA, you know, US Open setup. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible Sunday performance. Absolutely astounding Sunday performance. I mean, from the get go, he hit fairways. I find it interesting. He gets off the course yesterday, goes straight to the range, starts just pounding drivers to fix. Mm -hmm. He drove it bad yesterday, but. It's the same thing that how Tong Lee did, and nobody gave yeah. Bryson any shit about hitting. You know, he went and hit yes. drivers, but he obviously fixed that. The uh, governor got yeah. fixed. <laughs> the governor yeah, that he, broke down was fixed. He was talking about something on six, or I don't know, his left elbow. He, the guy's making changes all day, every day. It's amazing. Um, U.S. Opens like. I mean, every major championship is always earned, right? Uh, but this one felt like truly like a, an end of the, not end of the road, but an achievement after a process, a ridiculous process of transforming his body, transforming his game, uh, transforming his game this week. You know, er, the guy was hitting balls in the cold till 830 or whatever before he went and gobbled up a steak. And I think so, he worked out. It just felt extremely earned and deserved, and I know that pains some people to say because Bryson, you know, there's a there's a lot of myth around Bryson. That's let, let's separate that, right? Like this approach, where I'm going to get big and hit it as far as I possibly can, made sense in this current moment in golf, right? It, it, no one it, ever it said that was stupid. I don't know. I I think people did because p chasing distance was not something that's ever really been done great. You know, Justin Rose did it over a long... Nobody's ever just tried to go hit it 40 yards further one year to the next and succeed it. Like, there are stories of people chasing distances, changing their technique, changing their body, and failing all over golf. You mm -hmm. know, and he did this. Like, I think something that goes underrated about this is just the stones it takes to do it. He was a top 15 player in the world when he decided I need to transform my body and I need to hit it forever. He was making millions of dollars a year and would have made millions of dollars a year for the foreseeable future to do this. He could have done this and failed and become, you know, the 200 ranked player in the world if it doesn't work and lost out on all that money. But he, he succeeded, and to a certain extent, it's almost like a quality of the great athletes 
of all time, like where you recognize that you need to be better at something and you come back like after an off season way better at it. I mean, it's like when Jordan finally beat the Pistons in a way, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think this is the same, but he completely made, made over his body, changed his game, identified. And like you said, um, at the PGA, this all stemmed from last year's PGA at Bethpage when he realized he couldn't win and Brooks had such a huge advantage over everybody. I think that's it. A lot of people are going to talk about, um, I don't know. Liberty this year. National. Just, yeah, Liberty National or this year. I think that's entirely at Bethpage. Another Tilling-ass design, very different in terms of you know uh, greens and stuff like that. I think that's where a it all started. A similar setup. It's like, yeah, but a similar setup except at the green. I think that's where it all started. He specifically called out like, you know, I, I don't know that I could compete. I think he more or less put it on the setups then, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of blame, you know, maybe in a petulant way or whatever, blaming setups and blaming like, uh, why are majors like this? And he, I think that's what cha- he referenced that this week too. I, I got to go find the quote. I was going to write about it. I was thinking about writing about it. it. He talked about Brooks specifically at the PGA last year, this week. He brought it up again. I think that's where this all stems from. Um, but you were talking about a lot of people chasing distance or changing. Wasn't Bryson like the perfect guinea pig for this anyways? Because he is this like, you know, I'm going to do one length irons. Now I'm going to put sides face on, side saddle. Now I'm going to just add 60 pounds. This is just kind of like who he is bouncing from theory to theory. Granted, like we got to stop with these. He's a neurosurgeon. He's a Nobel Prize. He's doing algebra at six, like, I'm not like the myth around that has got to drop. It's got to fall. Right. Um, and and all the golfer gobbledygook that comes out around him, perceiving reality and air sensitivity and spritzing his ball, like whatever, like I'm going to doubt some of the, the mythology around him, but he is this, you know, constant experiment experimenter. And it worked this time. It, It clearly worked. He was the person to do this. Yeah. The perfect person. I mean, he has gotten so good. He couldn't putt when he came out on tour. And now he, he tried the side uh, the side face on and he got outlawed. You know, now he does yeah. this R block. He's great. He's a great putter. And, you know, the one flaw when he came came out of the break and he was big and everything, even when he won at Detroit, it was like, God, his wedge play, his his around the green play is not good this week. It was ex- extraordinarily good. And I, that go it, you got to hand it to guy. Like the, I think this final round overall, this whole performance and the final round performance in general is going to get overlooked just because of the story of him putting on mass. This was one of the greatest final rounds, maybe like of all time in golf. He so the top ten in the leaderboard, top ten going fifty four hole leaderboard. This is yep. what he did to them today. He beat Matt Wolf by eight. He beat yep. uh, he beat Louis by six. He beat whoever was in fourth by eleven. Beat the next guy by seven, six, eight, seven, eight, eleven. It's a lot of shots. A lot of shots from the top ten. The group. the. The next best golfer in the top ten was six shots behind him today. Was any was anybody? Nobody was under par today, right? Just him was Just under him. par. Was anybody the, even? I'm sorry. There was uh, yeah. DJ shot even. Um, okay. Okay. But I mean, he be, yeah he he beat the next best score by three shots, and he was in the in the final group of a major. Right. right. That's not I, that's not stuff that happens normally. I think I saw ESPN research said something like he's the first player since Tiger in 2000 to play all four rounds at par or better and win. Um, like this wasn't just, we'll get into the bomb and gouge and what this all says about golf right now. But one thing I took away, I flipped over too late to live from, and he was talking about how he heard, I think, I assume he's talking about Jeff Ogilvy, talking about how much he worked on his chipping around the green. And that may, may, may have been on your podcast. Maybe the thick boys listen to the TFE interviews with Ogilvy. I don't know. I, I'm going to go back and rewind, but he was talking about how he heard had to be Ogilvy worked so much on his wedges and around the game and how well he did that that week. 
And he said that's what he spent time on this week at Wingfoot. When he got there, it was like, I really just focused on that. And maybe that's why by the end of the week, he was worried about getting his driving back, you know, late Saturday night. But he said that was a concerted effort. And I think that speaks to how dominant he was, like, through the bag, T to green, to the bottom of the hole. And this will be, I think, sadly, not sad. It will be framed too much in the context of the ball debate and of um, how the U.S. Open player and winner has changed. Uh, but Bryson was awesome all, every facet of the game. He was he was better than you just talked about. 11 shots, 8 shots, better. That That's not just hitting it 375 yards. Yeah, and those, those are completely independent things. And you can't, you should not take anything away from Bryson because he played the game of golf the way the game of golf is played right now. Yeah. And yeah. he's played, well, the other thing that I, you have to sit back and appreciate, and I'm not, I've poked a lot of fun at Bryson. I've doubted what he's going to do. I'm, I might be one of the haters that, Azinger kept <laughs> harping that on that had to stop for, for the last two hours of the, the telecast. Doubters. The doubters, but yeah, you have to appreciate, and I always have appreciated people that zig when everybody else is zagging. Sure, and sure. just not being afraid to do that, and it take like I guarantee Bryson, he's not the most popular guy on tour, but he's okay with it. And I'm sure for a lot, a lot of his, like, I'm sure there are moments where he probably felt bad that, you know, why don't people like me more? I'm sure that happens, but he does it his own way. And you have to respect that because the results have been awesome. And, you know, he's 27 years old now. And obviously the, what he figured out has worked in majors when everybody didn't think this would work in majors. Can you make that definitive claim? Because it's been two. I, I think you can. I what? He's won one. It's hard to say. He didn't. You know, he didn't just a, win one. He lightning in a decimated, bottle. Right. Right. Decimated right. the field. Like if we right. keep playing this, he. Yeah. Th- this just keeps going. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like. I think he just wins by more and more if you extend this tournament out. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, was there? Because I know the answer to this. So if you want me to go first. Uh, I'm happy to do that. Was there one shot, one hole, one sequence that really stuck with you that kind of summed it up why he was um, so dominant today or this week? I know for me, that drive on 16, I will think about for a long time, just really stuck with me, like based on where he was at the leaderboard at the time. And, you know, it sounds super douchey to say, but I've been to that hole. I've seen it. Like, uh, you know, like I... I just I remember it really well, but just being an ass kicker and that being a par four and him just nuking that drive kind of over that dog, like up and over and just rolling and rolling and going. I, I don't know why that one will, it, but it will just sum up the entire week of how he was so much better than everyone else. What about you? Was there something that really stuck? I think people talk about number nine a lot, the two Eagles, but what stuck with you? So I think it was number four where... This is what's going to get lost so much was he hit that chasing iron up there Mm -hmm. from the rough. It wasn't just, it was about the power, but also knowing how to hit the shots from the rough. Like that was a really creative shot and he bounced it up there. It required touch, required skill. And I think that's something that you can't, you can attribute so much of it to power. Right. Yeah. But, but you can't, sure. that's the stuff that, that made him win by so much. And I mean, everybody's getting going out there and just getting smoked by the first five holes. And he goes out there and plays at one under. And for, for Matt Wolf, that had to be so hard, you know, cause you're playing your ass off and he put and Matt Wolf, Matt Wolf. Meanwhile is in the middle of that fairway and, and he's yeah. probably thinking, Oh, I'm going to pick something up here on Bryson. I got yeah. a great, I've got a, you know, a hammer to drive. He's got a wedge in and Bryson just hits it in there stiff, you know? Yep. Yep. And that's a, that was a hard shot. I mean, everything runs away there. That, that was a great shot. Um, I, I there was talk, I, I think Rich Lerner said, uh, you know, the door to Chris Como, everybody should be pounding them the door to Chris Como. Like, 
I, I think like when we do this, we kind of discredit the talent a little yes. bit. Like the guy won the NCAA title, USA ever. Like he was an amazing player before this. Uh, won a bunch of money on tour, won tour events. Uh, you know, I, I, he seems really indebted from the way he talks to Como and, and in terms of working this out, this thick boy approach. But uh, what Como, like the, what Como he was, deserves what, so much credit for is not being led better. And not being rigid and saying this is how you have to swing the club, right? Yeah, yeah, totally separate random thing. But I could tell Randall said Como, basically credited Como with getting Tiger out of the chipping yips as well. He's like he will, Como will never say this, uh, but it was clear the two have talked quite a bit about it. And I don't know, it's just a ra- totally random aside that I'd never heard before. He credits Como with getting Tiger out of the chipping yips. Anyways, but he was working with kind of an already great canvas right i mean the guy had already done a ton um what else about bryson impressed you uh sort of I displeased mean, you anything the, the other aspect of it is it's good for golf um yeah. in the sense of you've got this player i don't necessarily love the way he plays golf i think you know me as a traditional list and somebody that is opposed to the what's technology has done to the game i i don't necessarily um, I just think it's ridiculous how he play that he's able to play the way he does because of what's happened in the game. But I appreciate the fact that he's not normal. He's not yeah. just a boring guy. Yeah, I mean he's weird, dude, for sure. Not not a guy you'd have a glass of chocolate milk with, probably. He's <laughs> he's he's definitely a weird guy, which you know that's my subjective judgment. He might think I'm a completely weird guy, and that's fine. Um. But that doesn't make him a totally fascinating character. And some of that weirdness is what's so fascinating about it. Um, yeah. And, go and, and like he's going, he's got mainstream draw, which is something the sport needs. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, my, my friends who are casual golfers ask me about Bryson. Which scares me, which is what scared me about the Detroit thing of like, don't film me, man. Protect the brand. Like the brand should be it all. The whole package. That's what the mainstream draw is, right? What are you giggling about? I'm just laughing about the whole the whole package. Right. Well, let me turn serious for a second. What setup and or course this week would Bryson have not won on? Is there anyone? Is like what would have what would have not been? We're just talking about how great he was all the way through the bag. Is there something out there where he would not have won on or something that, you know, would have punched him in the mouth more? I'm, I'm, I half wrote an article this morning that I'm hoping oh, I want to spoil that. I'm hoping if it, I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. Um, I think where, where you could have complaints about the USGA setup, it's not about the way they set the golf course up because they set the golf course up. And this is, uh, I talked to a friend of mine, Matt Wharton, who's a superintendent this morning. And he had a, he said something, a great line. He said, you know, this just isn't, isn't my father's U S open. Okay. Like it's not my father's U S open anymore. These guys play completely different style of golf and everybody looking for the U S open to be this grind fest and this, you know, protect par carnage everywhere doesn't understand that that setup that created that history of the U.S. Open, it just doesn't exist anymore with the the technology and the way these guys play. And the setup, in a way, it, it played right into Bryson's hands, it played right into all the power players' hands because you're – you're just putting these narrow fairways are impossible to hit, but then the rough is thick everywhere and it's predictable thick where these guys struggle is with unpredictable ability. The hardest shot. What all does the, that mean? Okay. Predictable so predictable versus unpredictable. Predict, so the, the rough's thick, the ball goes in there. You know how it's going to come out. It's going to come out dead with a knuckle. So yeah. you're going to have to just play shots that land on the front, uh, land short of the green and run up, or you're going to have to take your medicine. Every single time you're in the rough, you know that's what you have to do for the most part. And it's easier for these long hitters because they have wedges in. So that <clears throat> loft of the club plus the predictable nature of it, they never have to think about, 
okay, what's going to happen with this ball? They know the way. If it comes out good, it's going to come out like this. If it doesn't, I'm right in the front of the green. Where we saw people actually struggle in the rough this week was the outside of like the really bad lives where people can't get it anywhere. Where we saw some really interesting stuff was the shorter rough where we saw people get, catch flyers out of nowhere where they didn't understand what, what the ball was going to do. When that ball is in three, four inch rough, maybe three and a half inch rough, the ball sinks down and you look at that lie and you go, I don't know if it's going to come out dead. I don't know if this is going to jump, especially for high speed players, high speed, low spin players. That is which the is hardest. Everybody, which is everybody today. That yeah. is the hardest shot in golf for them is that that lie in semi like kind of thin, not your first cut, but just a little longer rough. That lie drives them nuts because they can't figure out that's the hardest shot for them to control. So we've got this old setup, this old adage of setup um, kind of tradition with the U.S. Open that's born from when they played with Bolladas and persimmons. You know, when, when you were Which hitting is, five irons out of thick rough, it's impossible to hit a five iron out of that rough. Yeah. yeah. But it's not impossible to hit a wedge. Like right. a hacking out a wedge is what you do. And Bryson had wedge into every green. Yeah. You know, no matter where he hit it. So... It's the idea of getting that unpredictable nature. And I think the place that does it the best really is the open. We see the firm conditions. We see the unpredictable lies when you're off the fairway. It's that wispy fescue. It's a little bit different. But you have no clue how that ball is going to come out. And that's and then the ball goes further away. The, the long rough all around the green had a similar effect. You miss it bad. It's shooting over the, over the green. That rough just stopped it right next to the green. Like yeah. we didn't see any balls tumble away. And that is what you have to do. You have to, these guys can't be in constant control and know what's going to happen. And this setup, they knew what was going to happen. That In yeah. this setup, the greens would only get better the more you gave, the more unpredictable that rough, the shorter the rough was, the better the greens would play because there would be more angles. And sure, this the scores would be lower, but yeah. it would be more difficult for these guys from a playing sense, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Difficulty isn't necessarily score to par. If you're measuring yeah. difficulty on score to par... I got news for you. Par doesn't. Par's just a fucking number. <laughs> yeah, right. I gotcha. What? Uh, what? Real quick, because not everybody. We do these dailies and the daily during the week. Uh, most people probably listen, but if you didn't, you're talking about the rough around the green. Just Saturday, you shouted this out. Uh, Zach Blair, right? Talked about the guys don't bitch about Wingfoot in the way they might about Shinnecock or something because that long rough yeah. around the green. Because the ball's not rolling away 30 yards away and they can stew about it and start And listen, screaming. I'm not saying short grass around yes. Wingfoot screens. W yeah. Wingfoot never had I was gonna say, short grass. Like, that's not the way it's designed. It'd be a nightmare to mow the backs of a lot of those greens. I'm yeah. talking about just, like, rough that the ball still rolls through. Like, when Patrick Reed hit the shot on Saturday, or not Saturday, on Friday, on 4 he hit a shot that shot through the green Went through and that ball should have gone out of bounds tumbled. Yeah. Like that's yeah. one of the cool features of that hole with back pins is the out of bounds is right there. And if the rough wasn't cabbage, that ball's out of bounds. And that, that all of a sudden makes that approach shot way harder, way more difficult. It, it, scoring wise, it might not reflect it, but from a difficulty when what you're thinking about as a player, that's more difficult. It's more challenging. So explain to me, we don't, I guess we're going off track. How do you design and maintain unpredictable rough? What are you specifically talking about? You're just talking about shorter rough? You're talking yeah, about I'm saying shorter, shorter rough, which would be, you know, everybody's going to look at it and say, you know, this is easier rough. Like the, that, that what happens is everybody, doesn't think two shots out, right? If I, if I cut that rough down to four inches, guys might shoot lower scores. Uh -huh. But they will hit great shots in order to shoot those low scores. 
But what will also happen with that four-inch rough is people will think they can hit shots that they can't or they will misread the lie. And when they misread the lie, all of a sudden sixes and sevens are in play. And it starts playing with them for the rest of the round. Exactly. So you start missing fairways and you misjudge the lie three times in a row. When you're hitting that next one out of that lie, you're going to have a lot of doubt in your mind. But with the rough the way it was this week, you hit it into the rough and you knew, okay, if I hit this and it comes out decent, this is what I have to do. If it doesn't come out that bad, if it comes out worse than I think, it's going to end up just short and I'm okay. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. I think, you know, the external pressure of you came. I think that makes sense. The external but, pressure so of the USJ. Is, you saw it this week, how people lost their shit because people weren't shooting 85 all week. And, and you start mowing it down. I think there are just externalities around that. I, I, this, I, is, this is the reality, though, is that the game is fundamentally different. So the way, the approach sure. that you set up a U.S. Open has to fundamentally change. And I'm not talking about the, the, the way it was set up. It was great. It was firm. It was the right, they had the good pins. Like the only complaint from pins is they didn't put one in the back left of 18. That's the best pin on that hole. Um, that was a huge disappointment. But outside of that, the firmness, the way it was very, you had no player complaints, which after the run that the USGA has had two, two years in a row with no com- player complaints is a big thing for their, you know, their internal PR, their external PR with players. But from the sense of just ideal, uh, the philosophy of which you set up a golf course has to change because the game has changed. Um, was Olympia Fields that rough? Because I think yes. DJ talked about that. Like, oh, you could hit it out of that. Like, it's not like this where it's, you know, just muscle it out. Exactly. Olympia Fields, okay. it, but it was extremely unpredictable, which was right. why we saw guys just hitting it over greens, coming out dead. Like, we saw guys befuddled by that rough because it was baked out and it was thinner. It might have been five inches, but it was thin five inches versus this lush rough that was extraordinarily predictable. Let's do an ad read real quick. We got a lot more on this, I think. We're getting some quotes from Bryson about setup and stuff, and, and we got to obviously talk about a lot of other players. Let's do an ad read for our friends at athleticbrewing.com. I'm going to do the promo code right off the top here. The promo code is FRIEDEGGFALL20. You get 20% off your entire order. Not a beer, not a half a beer, not a six-pack. Whatever you order, you get 20% off. Athletic Brewing is a, a non-alcoholic beer. It's I've... It's become a staple of my fridge. Something, honestly, I, I'm not sure I would have sought it out or it ever would have become a part of my fridge if uh, they hadn't sponsored. Not gonna, you know, not gonna say it's a miracle drug or I could sell you a bunch of hot air, but it has become a staple of my fridge. When I need a beer, uh, I had, you know, and I, I need the taste. And I can't get worse for the wear or I can't get tired. I got four kids. You got a newborn. There's just, it's a nice, it fills a nice gap in the fridge in my life that I didn't know I had or needed. Or the the other thing I, you know, I use it for is if I'm, if I've had two or three and I know that I can't have, have six or seven. But you still want because, the taste. You got to keep the train. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, but I need to keep the train somewhat on the tracks because I got yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff to do the next morning. That's true. That's where That's it fits true. in perfectly. I just got I got uh, two more six packs. I did one, too. One of which I'm excited to try out the, the uh, new Oktoberfest. Oh, I didn't get that. I'm going to have to lodge a complaint. No, I, I uh, but that's the other point here is like it's not punishment. Like it's a beer you want to drink because of the taste. Whereas like, you know, some of the other NA beer is just like for show and it tastes horrendous. It does. It tastes like, you know, my usual phrase, piss in a bottle. It does. This is an actual beer. It's an IPA or they have the upside dawn ale. I think that's my favorite. You're talking about some Oktoberfest here. So there's like it's actual that. beer. It tastes like a beer. You know, it has the filling this, you know, fills you up like a beer. Uh, the AURL again is athleticbrewing.com and the promo code is fried egg fall 20. Also free shipping nationwide. I should, I should know that's critical. And Bryson would like it because he could have an athletic beer, a brewing, uh, beer to celebrate his victory and then go hit the gym. There you go. That's true. 
That's true. It might be a, yeah. Let's see if we can get him activated. Uh, okay. Late breaking quote from Bryson. I'd like to get your reaction. They made the fairways too small for this week for the guys that were really hitting the fairway. Yes. This is kind of what you were getting at. If it's too narrow, length is going to win. Too wide, length is going to win. Do you agree with that last part? Too wide. There's a bell curve. Okay. So if you, you know, like say Bryson, say Bryson hits it 80 yards when he misses each, each way the cone is 80 yards, right? Mm -hmm. Left and Mm -hmm. right when he misses. Like Brandall over here talking about dispersion cones. Yeah. See Brandall getting, coming around. You know, Kevin Bohr is a great person to talk to about this. Okay. Um, Our professor at UGA mathematics. So it, when you, the, the reality is that when you make them narrow, then the accurate players can't hit enough. They're still going to miss so many that they, I thought this is why I thought Aaron Hills was a great venue because it allowed short hitters with, at 40 yards wide those accurate short hitters could hit every single fairway. They went out every day and thought, I can hit every fairway today. Like at Wingfoot, you go out and you're like, God, if I hit eight fairways of 14, I'm going to kill it. But then you miss six holes and you've got four iron into the green and Bryson has pitching wedge. I hear all you're saying, but just the case you would have to make to all like... This feels like some sort of public policy that makes sense for everyone, but politics would just ruin it all. You yes. know, one of those things that's just a no-brainer for everybody. Um, like, I don't know what the recent example of that would be. Legalizing gambling or something. I don't know. But politics just ruins it. You can't, like, I'm trying to imagine you going to make the case to the general golf consumer that Aaron Hills was per, like what you wanted. And I don't know. From, from like, a fairway with Aaron Hills was a better... It, it rewarded accurate players more than Wingfoot did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But I, I don't disagree. I don't, so I'm just trying the, to think of happens, how we could get to this becoming so, an accepted. So what happens is when you, the fairways get super small, you're, if you're an accurate driver or you're just a driver of the golf ball, that's having a great week, your expected fairways hit and the inaccurate, expected players expected fairways hit are both going to be very small but when you get to 30 35 yards wide you're going your expected fairways is going to that you're going to hit per round is going to increase dramatically compared to the inaccurate Mm -hmm. driver they're still driving it inaccurately but you're driving it so accurately that you can hit almost all of them okay all right. And I, Jason I Day talked about it. He missed the cut yeah. at Aaron Hills, and he was like, you know, I've struggled to find sight lines out there. And if you don't drive it in, in the fairway here, you're dead. You know? Yeah. Wasn't that the Rory issue, too? I yeah. Mean, Rory had and DJ. DJ it? did, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's something here, too. If the Who would you say are guys that every major are going to be in it? Uh, like DJ, JT, I don't know. Every major? Like, who are the most consistent over the last two years? Who are the most consistent guys in majors? Louis, maybe? I don't know. Like Xander, DJ, Rory, um, Tony Finau. Yeah. What do all those guys do? They murder the ball, right? Yeah. So the, uh, the, Brooks, obviously, I don't know how we miss Brooks. Brooks is yeah, in there. Of course. They yeah. all murder the ball. And what murdering yeah. in a major with thick, rough, and narrow fairways, which most of them are, you uh-huh. murder the ball like yeah. you're set. Yeah. You're, you, there's no hope for, for the shorter guy. Like, look at – I mean, Todd played great. Yep. And he finished 23rd. <laughs> so <laughs> – Let's talk about um, the impact that this Even has. Even Kokrak. Kokrak has been relevant at majors. Hey, I'm done. Yeah, he has. I'm done with the bagging on Jason Kokrak. I'm putting my foot in the ground. I'm taking a stand for Kokrak. Mr. CT Machine. A, he's such an easy target. Like, back off. Back off of Jason Kokrak. The guy is, the guy's been killing it on tour. He's just an easy target. You know, there's no conflicts there. Everybody can pick at him. 
Uh, I'm gonna stick up for them. Now, you know, Northeast Ohio, and it's just such it's such easy low hanging fruit that you know offends nobody. I'm out. I put. I'm, I'm now a co crack defender. Anyways, wow. What is? I didn't see. I didn't see the co crack. I didn't Lean, either. The leaning and you're all in. I think I'm just sick of people picking on Jason Kokrak. Find a more, you know, a, a more uncomfortable target. Like, come on. Um, what is the impact on the next generation? We heard a lot about that. Is this just, I mean, do, you know, do, everybody's going to start pumping iron? We don't need to talk about it, right? Do, do we, we just kind of went into the setup issue. Just Do we not know what's happening? Have, yeah. Don't we see it every single year? The tour is going to get younger and younger. I mean, we had... Well, we had a 21-year-old and a 27-year-old in the final group of the U.S. Open at Wigfoot. Like, the tournament that experience is supposed to matter, that, you know, like, it's all going to be speed-driven. It's it's the same thing that happened in tennis. Like, the only thing that golf has that all other sports that aren't speed-driven have, like, every other sport based off of athleticism is speed for the most part with skill. Sure. But, like, as soon as your athleticism fades you know, you're, you're kind of done. And I think golf's going to go in that direction generally, unless they address the setup. Like you have to counter speed and power with your setup decisions. This just felt like more of a conspicuous slap in the face. Like everybody's going to go the thick boy route. Am I wrong? Or I mean, I mean they already were, they already were. What's, I mean, average driver on tours, two ninety seven. Yeah. average. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm, I'm talking about like That's, a guy. The, the 300 like, yards is average on tour. When Tiger uh, came, when Tiger came out, he hit it 300, and everybody was like astonished. Yeah. Like, yeah. where is this going? Well, look at that. 20 years later, that means 320 is going to be average. Three. 330. Yep. Like. Yep. Bryce is going to 48 inches. He says he. <laughs> 48 inch driver says he wants to get up to 245 by the masters uh let's talk about bryson's future now not the red what's coming behind him i mean he's he did well at the masters as an amateur i don't know what he's done since then i don't think he's done much of anything i assume like tory pines probably sets up pretty good oh yeah um <laughs> kiowa i don't know maybe slightly less so uh it just feels like you know, I think now it, that he's figured out the major uh, calculation to use a, to use a cliche because we have to some, use something mathematics related when we talk Bryson, but it just feels like he's going. This is just the start, if that makes sense. I but based so, on all the spotlights we did, maybe that's a fool foolhardy kind of thing to say. Success might in golf you, is fleeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he looked at it and thought, "I can maximize a 10, 10 year window." I mean, he is, this, this is another trend of this generation is going to be shorter careers is going to be sure. just maxing out. And yep. I think that's, you know, we're looking at if, if assuming he stays healthy, assuming he doesn't end up in a straight jacket as that famous quote about Bryson, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. suggests he is in entering where he has to be considered one of the favorites at every single major championship. Um, from the standpoint at Augusta, and I tweeted this, and people were saying, oh, I'm sour grapes. This is a real thing. He uses a greens book more than anybody else in golf. Yeah. Yeah. He they leans, had the compasses going, yeah. too. He and his caddy had the compasses going. They had the greens books working. You will not get a greens book at Augusta. You made Augusta that National does not allow greens books. To my knowledge, there aren't greens books at Augusta that you can just, you know, memorize. Uh -huh. And I think the last two years at Augusta, he's been near the bottom of the strokes gain putting statistic from the people that have done the individual calculation. He has been at the, like Joe Pita, Justin Ray. He has been near or at the bottom of putting there. So he is absolutely excelling within the confines of what's allowed right now, the game that's being played and whether it's a game you like or find appetizing is a separate issue, but he is the, one of the best, if not the best, but he's gone now T four, right? Win dominating win, like a all time performance on Sunday. And I guess that's the next question. The masters people, you know, he's talking about hitting it up into 14 fairway for 13. It, it's just, 
I think it gets back to our original point. He's absolutely fascinating right now. Good for golf. If he's trying to, you know, cut it up to the first green or whatever he's trying to do, uh, it'll be fascinating to watch. And I mean, do you think it's going to hasten change? That's so that's, that's, uh, great segue. I just got tweeted. Archie Maddox just tweeted this at me. Uh, a quote from Xander. Question was: Is he revolutionizing the game? Xander's response: Maybe he is just exposing our game. Ooh, Xander, who was, you know, over the zone of tolerance last year. I mean, I think that's an uncharacteristic quote from a pro who's at the top top of the who has a you know, big equipment deal. I mean, we heard Rory at the beginning of the year say quite clearly and plainly there should be bifurcation. He said that at Riviera. Um, he'd be in Tiger, favor of Tiger rolling Woods back the ball. Has been yeah, very outspoken. Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer. Yeah. I mean, Bryson's quote about you know fairway. I mean, the the telling thing on the telecast. I mean, on sixteen, your moment. What yeah. what I'll always remember that for is while this is going on, Dan Hicks. I think or I think it was Dan Hicks was talking about the club purchasing property to stretch that hole back. 40 yards, over 500 yards, make it relevant. And you hear this guy, you know, first U.S. Open since they've done this, they spent millions of dollars on the property. They've, it's cost 40 grand to build a new tee box. You do this, all this money, and this guy comes out there and, and goes and hits driver fucking wedge on the hole. That's supposed to be retain its, you know, we want guys hitting four irons into the screen like, you know, they did in 2006. They were hitting four irons in it. This guy just goes and hits a wedge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. I mean, at a certain point, if you if you want balance and you want variety in the game, the stadiums have to be preserved. Um, and the shot values at those stadiums have to be preserved. And right now, it... They've outgrown golf is how has outgrown all the stadium and it's just a futile, extraordinarily expensive um, task chasing, trying, trying to, to stay. Yeah, it's yeah. just dumb at this point. If I'm a course, I'm just saying fuck that. You don't try to host pro events. No, I'll, I'll host yeah. them, but you know what? If they shoot twenty under, whatever. I'm not going to pass the cost on to my membership to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I just want to be very clear about this. What Bryson did today was an amazing feat. Exactly. And, amazing, and worth celebrating. And I think I worry that too much of it's going to be like, I'm not saying it's unjustified, but it shouldn't be wholly um, discussed in the framework of the ball going too far and you know the game becoming sanded down, the skills. Because his skills are the best. They were the best by a huge margin, just as Tigers were in you know 1997 or whatever like he beat up he raced ahead of everybody it's just it's a different kind of game um it's it's just the question is do you want this game where mm -hmm. it's just hit driver as hard as you can wedge it Mm -hmm. up there you Mm -hmm. know get good at everything get good at wedges chipping and putting or do you want the game like Hale Irwin hitting going driver two iron into 18 at wing foot Think about yeah. that driver yeah. two iron and he needed to make par to win a U.S. Open. Who are the constituencies who don't want that PGA Equi- Tour equipment title? PGA you know, Tour. Like, like if I'm the PGA Tour, I'm a player on the PGA Tour. Why would I want I, any I sort of change. change that could threaten my future earning millions of dollars? But it just feels like we're getting a few more of those voices. Xander oh, yeah. being man, that's a little bit of a crack. I don't know if Xander meant it whole, you know roll back the ball by saying that but um using the word exposed is a pretty strong verb that's a strong word and rory's gone so far as to directly say it there should be bifurcation so um all right let's talk about other aspects let's get off bryson and setup and distance and all that what did you make of the coverage how was nbc how they we were doing this venue thing great turnout for that yeah thank um, you I everybody say I was, yeah i guess that it came was, out did well that's all i'll say um What'd you make of the coverage? How, how do you think NBC first back on the call with the USGA? What'd you make of Azinger, the cliche sandwiches was, I think the words, you, the phrase you used last week. What'd you make of them? The more the guy talks, the worse it gets. 
He was good, and it's gotten bad quickly. I, I don't know that he's like the worst. He's not. I can. You know. I honestly think Faldo's better. No, Fal- Faldo was not bad this week. Faldo is where Faldo gets in trouble is like just the week to week grind on CBS where it's clear like I you know I'm at TPC River Highlands like I'm telling this. you Faldo's better. <laughs> Come on, serious. That's a bold state. I don't think I'm ready to go Here, there. Golf's got this problem where where they feel like they have the person in the booth has to be a major champion. And a lot of the best analysts in other sports aren't all-time great. Yeah. Why why would they feel com- why would they feel beholden to that? That's the dumbest thing ever. Like, like Emmett give- Smith, the greatest running, one of the greatest he was the worst. Remember Magic Johnson when he did the NBA? <laughs> Yeah, Kirk, like Kirk Herbstreet, like who's ascended to the throne of college football, like wasn't like the Heisman winner. Yeah, he and, wasn't very good. And and then he did Monday Night Football, and people were like, or this last week, and people were like, why can't we have this every Monday? Yeah. So I, and and even Tony Romo, Tony Romo was a really good NFL yeah. player, but he, it was yeah. not like he he wasn't a four time MVP. He he never won a championship. Like it. it my favorite guys to listen to talk about like Aaron Oberholzer who did the venue um, thing with us. He has great thoughts on the game of golf. He's got perspective. Like he played with tiger for most of his life. He he can talk to how the game changed. Um, Brad Faxon, you know, he not an all time great. He he's got plenty of clout, but like that is going to prohibit him from getting that, that first chair spot ever. And to me, you think that? Yeah, you think that? Okay. This okay. that's like that's a tried and true. I mean, once requisite. you yeah, they think about the turnover of the spots. It's a you get the yeah. job and you have it for thirty years. Yeah, yeah never. So you know, there's a, they always go. <laughs> you know, at the that's the Norman r- seemed to be the only one in the modern game that truly effed it up, and I think it sounds like he really worked hard to do that. The but. other thing that they they really failed, really failed. On was showing the golf course, and it, it particularly, it they did Matthew Wolf such injustice yesterday by not showing, like, okay, this guy landed into this contour perfectly. He had two yards of error, and showing the greens and like actually trying to educate people on how difficult of a shot this was and why. Like, okay, he's coming from the rough. He can't control the spin. He has to land it in this spot in order to get this shot up there. And then showing, like, there were so few low camera angles that showcased, like, what makes that place so cool. Like, you could have watched that telecast and you'd be like, people talk about these greens. I don't I don't know anything about it. And there was a couple low shots, like the one on 18, they showed a couple times of the ball rolling down the front. That was a great camera angle. But we only saw that on like a handful of shots. How do you get that? Just on the ground camera? On the ground, lower, just, you know, there's no fans out there. Why did they have to be so high up? In the tower? It's because they, you know, it's like, this is how we set them up every week. There's no foresight. There's just no creativity Tommy Roy doesn't give a shit about golf courses. It's very apparent. Like you had one of the best golf courses in the world and they did how many features on it? About zero, you know? Huh. I'm thinking about that now. Like, and that's yeah. the thing that you knew was going to happen with Fox. One of Fox, Fox had Gil Hans in the booth for every single U S open. They did Ken wonderful Brown. features. I'll never forget Faxon's feature at the country club of Charleston during the U S women's open last year. It was fantastic on the greens, on Rainer's greens. They used lower camera angles there to showcase those greens. Like it was, it was a very poor effort from NBC beyond just the word vomit that was being spewed from the analyst chair. That's where I was going to next. Because then when you get in the position of it kind of being a two-horse race and then a one-horse race, um, like the other star of the show is the course, right? When, and you got to be able to kind of uh, adapt and, f- you know, pivot from the one horse and the course. And all we ended up with was the doubters and the second guessers and the haters. 
and Bryson showing them off for five he, holes. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, what what other thing? I'll just add, um, just in the interest of equal time. I talked to someone in television this week. No one affiliated with this. No one affiliated with NBC. It sounds like really, really fucking hard to do sports right now, just with the pandemic. I'm not saying that this excuses what you're talking about, being able to do more pre-produced stuff on the course and more low cameras. Like, it's another thing you just got to gotta take into consideration. True. I mean, so. and it was awesome that we even had it. Yeah. Like, yeah. in March, didn't think this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, who was most disappointing for you today? Why don't you go with your most disappointed? I'm... Rory. Rory. That just, at least to have it happen, I know he had a 3% chance of winning. Um, At least have it happen an hour in, or an hour and a half in, or it's on the back nine. Just throwing one out there in the middle of the fairway, nuking the ball, and then just hitting a total... <laughs> flake wedge and what did he three putt four putt he four putted for double right he didn't get up the hill came back down when i think he four putted that i think you know i, I wouldn't say he's you know he's not most disappointing because he didn't win because he was a long shot to begin with but just completely bowing out uh not not the, doing anything some like basically just getting dropped from coverage yeah, but having it happen the first hole, all the things that we talk about with Rory in major championships where he'll like be the best driver in the world, strokes gained off the tee, and all that other stuff came to fruition on that first hole. He had a shitty short iron. I think you know it was probably a wedge. Um, and then just dillied about on the green, and he's done, gone. And I, I, I kind of needed him to at least make it interesting for an hour or so. So he was my most disappointing. I don't think you could say Wolf was that, right? I mean, it's, it's no. kind of impossible to, you know, dump on him. So it's, Yeah, you can't dump on Wolf. I mean, he played pretty, pretty good golf, and, you know, for especially yeah. for nine holes. And then that Bryson Eagle on nine was something else. I know. That was a kick in the shorts, right? I mean, because I mean, Wolf's he, in closer. and Wolf makes him. the putt? too which i know was, that was yeah 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 but you, you know one of the things too was like that's underrated about that eagle putt was that wolf didn't get the t and it's like a psychological thing where you're playing twosomes and this guy's just kicking your ass and you can't do anything to get the t i think i mean i think wolf lost the t let me see he lost the t on on the third hole, so four from four on, he didn't have the tee the rest of the day, Is and that that's right? yeah, wow. that's that's something that's like a if you're playing yeah. like there's just a mojo thing psychological, and, and yep. you just feel down because you know you're getting your ass kicked when you never have the tee box, yeah, and and that's the biggest I think more so than the than just the sh the pure stroke value of Bryson's putt was that. He didn't relinquish the tee, and at that point, it had, I mean, pretty much all day, it was, nobody made any sort of a run at him. It was match play all day. Were you, did you expect Louis to actually contend, or did no. you expect him to just be Louis? This is what Louis does. <laughs> it's kind of unbelievable. So, do you have anybody who was disappointing? I, it's hard to do that with, with the I'll way I'll tell Bryson you who played. I was disappointed with. I was disappointed with all the volunteer spotters on the first hole. Oh! <laughs> Harris English loses the ball on the first hole, 20 yeah, yards the, off the fairway. You got like eight guys in contention, <laughs> six, seven guys who could win. First hole. He's not like deep out in the woods. And it wasn't that far off, right? I mean, there's, there's, that's between what? What it was between the first fairway and the ninth fairway, and what happened there? I mean, that, I guess that is a disappointment. How about Zatch? How about Zatch beating Rory? I told, I called that last night. I said that was going to be like a, you know, the the scratch player playing with like a nine handicap. He's going to bring him down, and that was it. First round he of the club to, championship when the eight beats, watch, beats the number one seed. Yeah. Exactly. You had to watch Zatch poof one, <laughs> smother hook left on one, and it was over after and that. And that, uh, that outfit Zatch was wearing was just <laughs> horrible. Terrible. Terrible. And then he beats him head to head. Unbelievable. The, I, I hate that, that 
the blue and blue hat with then yeah. the same color blue and blue on it. It's just <laughs> like, what are you, fucking six? <laughs> Sorry, I've been using the F-bomb too much nah, tonight. No, you're fine. You're good. Apologies you're good. to anybody. All the kids I'm listening in. I'm offended their, by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, apologies. Apologies. I'll, I'll tell you what, Westy played. He doubled uh, 18, I think. For seventy, he had a good round going. Yeah. Then he went right to the bar in the clubhouse. Did right he? to the bar? Oh yeah. How many guys do you think play four rounds at the U.S. Open? And like you know, the guy who just played there, he went straight to the bar, took a picture of it. He just started drinking at the Waynefoot uh, uh, bar. Amazing. Kind of, who's doing that? Who's doing that in the professional? You know, these tour pros. Oh, well, he had his he that. had his girlfriend caddying for him. Do you yeah. think they're off to like the Portugal Islands next? I don't know. They could be T thirteen. Pretty good I mean, finish now, for Westy. Now that they're over here, they might be going somewhere. Yeah, that is that is a good finish for Westy. Uh, how about DJ with the back door? Finau. I, I don't know where Finau and DJ coming in the back door is quite predictable. The Reed yeah. weekend was just disappointing. Was it? I mean, wasn't he a house of cards? For the beginning, like he was missing every fairway, and I guess the fairways, you know, whatever we talked about, fairways don't matter. But he was not. Well, the he's way he hits they, it, it's they not matter. What they matter when you hit it like three hundred, not yeah. three sixty. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing. That's the problem. Yeah. Is the fairway matters yeah. a lot for three hundred hitters, and it matters right. for for three thirty, but it doesn't matter nearly as much. Right. Uh, anybody else that kind of underwhelmed or impressed you? It, 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 it became was, uh, the Rice and Wolf show. John Rahm just underwhelmed me for the second straight major. Yeah. Like yeah. he just didn't, he he had it going today and then he he plays the last five holes four over. You know, he, he, he had it two under. I know he was the lowest round on the course. He was playing a great round. It's just like the guy for, for now, eight majors rounds this year has just been extraordinarily underwhelming. Yeah, what's going on with that? Who knows? I mean, it's hard. I mean, he still finished T23, which right, right. isn't horrible, but it's you, the, they, he's at the point where majors matter. I think he's got to work on that temperament a little bit more. Maybe the temperament's just I not all the way I would love to get there. Azinger's thoughts on that. <laughs> What held uh, him back this week? <laughs> Temperament's not all the way there yet. Didn't, wasn't there a picture of him almost snapping a club? Yes. I want to say 18, maybe something like that. I will say while we're on the subject of complimenting and, you know, taking shots at random players, I got to shout out Bubba Watson. Um, he was donating his entire check yes. to Pencil. Sally, you know, the hurricane destroyed that flooded up, you know, his home. I, I, like I said in the past, Bubba's, you know, not my person cup of tea necessarily, but, you know, he's someone who's tried to become a better person and do good. And I think that's all you can kind of, not to get too sappy, that's all you can ask of people. It doesn't make him any less weird, but he's really sort of evolved as a person. Let so. me ask you a question. Yeah. From a personality trajectory, polarizing nature, isn't Bryson and aren't Bubba and Bryson kind of similar? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Absolutely. burst, burst out of the scene, like popular. And then the more they talk, the more they get themselves in trouble, become almost hated. Becomes quite clear that they're not like super smooth, maybe socially, you know, I won't, I won't say they're awkward, but maybe they are, you know, kind of thing. Um, become yeah, disliked. That, that might be a good comp. Oh yeah. I mean the, the Bubba thing was like white hot. I, the people were like, this guy, get this guy the hell out of here. Like 2014 in there, you know, going into 20, like after that. Because, well, he would be berating his caddy and everybody else. I mean, it was pretty clear. So I, I feel like Bubba has had like a, not a re- resurrection, but he has over the course of his career improved greatly. He's become yeah. far less dislikable over the years. He says stupid stuff. But it's almost like we've adjusted and we understand that, hey, this guy, he's going to say dumb stuff. He's just different, you know? And is Bryson going to get to that point? I don't think I don't think he even does say that dumb stuff anymore. He says, like, vacuous stuff. But, yeah, he doesn't make too many verbal mistakes anymore. Bryson, to be clear, like, this year he was, you know, upbraiding rules officials, asking yeah. for third opinions, trying to get a sketchy not ruling that far, from fire ants. Not that far away from Bubba. 
berating caddies. He's berating yeah. cameramen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Protecting the brand. Like, yeah. This does not make Bryson, you know, some sort of, I don't know. It's, it, it doesn't validate that behavior at all, is what I would say. We got a lot of validation talk today. Um, I, I don't know. That's it. You got anything else? Danny Lee story. What do you, I mean, the Danny Lee video came out. That guy shouldn't be allowed to play in a USGA championship for a while. Really? I don't think, yeah. You can't do that. Then slam your putter in your bag. You're not going to do that to Phil after what he did at Shinnecock? Well, he should have been thrown out. He should have been DQ'd right then and there too. I think what bothered me more is the WD. Yeah. Right? That, I'm not talking about the six putt, like that was, What's crazy about that is he was putting for 73. It wasn't like the end of a 82. He was, was going to be for... in like the top 20 of the tournament. What is he doing? And, and what pissed me off more is like the slamming into his bag and then WD. That's that's the bigger issue. Um, anything else? The showdown. This is what. Uh, yeah. Leonard. Justin Leonard characterized this as a showdown between the modern golfer and a classic course that was supposed to be modernized. I think we've hit on that plenty tonight, right? It wasn't I mean, modernized. It was restored. I know. I, I think know. something that gets lost, too, is a lot of the edges that they brought back weren't funnel balls back, which is uh-huh. cool. It's yeah. the way it was designed. Like, that's neat. But, like, perfect example, Ogilvy, where he chipped from in 17, yeah. is green now and that ball would have funneled back towards the hole he would have had a 15 foot par putt instead of a chip so that's part of where you know people are like oh but that like that's why we didn't see as many missed greens if you're the usga are you happy are you happy walking out of this are you wing foots you know going to be part of this anchor rotation and all that sight and stuff like that nothing nothing giving you pause or or you're not happy unhappy with anything nothing giving me pause if i'm if i'm john bodenhammer i'm looking at the game and i'm saying okay i'm not setting up courses the necessarily the best way to challenge today's player and i'm looking and trying to figure out what shots and what situations are the most challenging for players not like bryson or, but the power players of today. Um, and I'm doing that. One other note, Tony Fina. Yeah. yeah. Another top 10 and a major. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got, he's got one, four, seven, ten top 10s and majors and 17 starts. Unbelievable. That's like insane. Like we did all those spotlights, anything yeah. at 50%. Yeah. He's above yeah. 50. He's like, 70% almost 60, yeah. 60%. One thing I will add, I think fans would have had a significant impact. Not, not well, Harris not English wouldn't have lost his ball would have impacted it a little bit more. I think Bryson was far and away the best player. I'm not sure it changes the outcome, but I don't think, you know, the New York fans as they, you know, air quotes, the New York fans would have gone easy on Bryson. Um, maybe they wouldn't have gone easy on Matt Wolf. I don't know. I just think it changes the entire, it adds more variables for Bryson to start calculating and start, you know, short circuiting and things like that. I think it would have been harder on Bryson than it would have been on, um, Matt Wolf. And one other thing we're talking about Bryson. It's not all, you know, validation, the pace of play. It's, it's, yeah, they got another, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but they were, you know, a hole and a half behind again. And, that, that, it just feels like if you're going to talk about making wholesale changes about the ball going too far, this also feels like a time where we have like the real conversation to change that or put them on the clock at least or pop them. Yeah. I don't know, but what it also but they, that's every day. He was like a if you're going to have a, a, a three minute ball search policy for pace of play that, yeah. that ruins Harris English's chances, you should enforce the pace of play of players too, because it is playing Quickly is a skill, as we've talked about on this podcast oh, no. numerous times. Yeah, yeah. So what was Harris English? So there was like a little bit of a backup, right? And and so he goes back to the first tee. And like Bryson, I was, they were already like a hole behind by like four. Yeah. You know, it just feels like another thing. I, I don't know that, again, 
doesn't take away from his win. Neither does the bomb and gouge nature of the game. He's the best. He was the best far and away this week. Um, so, but we'll always talk about that and pace of play, no matter what. Anything else? You good? I'm good. This was a great week. We appreciate awesome everybody week. listening. You guys yeah. have, uh, I don't know, we've, we've felt really good about how things have come back since golf came back, and we're appreciative of you guys making it more fun to do this. Uh, we got, oh, Jim Furyk won a, the pure insurance thing. Oh. You excited? Ernie, I guess, kind of kicked it late, kind of booted it. And That's there was a playoff going on on the LPGA. We got this little... Uh, Activation station out in the Ozarks this week coming up. We got other stuff. (laughs) Big activation week. (laughs) We got we got that coming up. Uh, Fresh off fresh off a major. (laughs) Fresh off a major, straight into the you know the 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 resort circuit or I don't know the activation. You won't be seeing much content from us on that, but uh, no, we'll we'll cover it. But we're not going to do dailies. I guess there's only one day that could do. So I'm not Um, not going to be doing a a massive course profile. Okay. All right. Tiger's new course. Okay. Thank you guys for everything. We will be back on uh, Wednesday. Appreciate it. (laughs) 